I don't know about you guys, but the quarantine was not ideal for my eating and my physique when we first got locked down. I took it as a way to pity myself, feel bad. You know, obviously the whole world is going through this, but I took it as, hey, no, it's only me. We're all going to die. So I might as well eat cookies, Chipotle, and pizza. And then you realize, okay, we're going to make it through this. It's going to take some time, but we're going to make it through. Let me not eat like an asshole forever. And luckily, I'm married to someone who constantly reminds me that I'm eating like an asshole. Won't have sex with me if I don't look my very best. That's something I need a therapist about. But also runs a pretty phenomenal nutrition company with Own Your Eating. And she's put together, that is Roz, my wife, some great challenges that you guys can check out. If you're like me, like you said, and you need a little extra accountability, you need a kick in the ass, you want to just learn a little more, you want to do something really cool at your box, at your gym, at your affiliate, you should check these out. So if you go over to SugarWad in the marketplace, we've got the Own Your Eating store in there. And there's three different challenges you can check out. If you're a box owner, I highly recommend you check out the Gym Nutrition Challenge. I think it's only like $169, something like that. And the cool thing about it is if you're a box owner, you can give this to your members as a way to just, hey, I'm giving you a bonus. I'm giving you something. You know, we appreciate that you stuck with us during your during the quarantine. We appreciate that you kept your membership active. Or you can even make money. She's had a few gyms that have done really well at $169. You get 20 people signed up at 20 bucks, you've, you've made over $200. So check out the 30-day transformation challenge for gyms. That's a specific one for box owners. And then we've got ones for individuals, the 30-day transformation challenge, as well as the 30-day get lean challenge. And, and with both of those, you're going to get programming, you're going to get daily information, daily accountability, and so much more. The transformation challenge is really for those that are either new to tracking macros and flexible eating, or maybe you've done it in the past and you want to get dialed back in like I needed. And of course, accountability goes a long way. It's something I preach as far as a coach. I have coaches for many aspects of my life. And the primary reason is I just need that account accountability. Hey, did you do what I told you to do? Hey, don't forget you said you do this, right? It's just a reminder in the back of my head when I'm about to mess up, that I got someone out there that's relying on me doing well and going to remind me about it. And then there's the 30-day get lean. This is more for the experienced people. Maybe you've tracked macros in the past. You have a good understanding of nutrition, but you're ready to take it to the next level. Maybe you've plateaued. You're ready for reverse dieting, or you just need some extra coaching out there. So you can check these all out on SugarWad. The link is in the show notes. But if you go to SugarWad, you go to the Marketplace you look up on your eating, you're going to see these options. And the cool thing is you can use the code best hour. You can use the code best hour and you'll get 10% off any of the options there. So B-E-S-T-H-O-U-R, the code best hour will get you 10% off in the sugar wad marketplace. Check it out on your eating Roz's three challenges and she's seen tremendous results. And trust me, if you're working with Roz, I'm going to hear about it. She'll ask me for some feedback as well. So you really get two coaches for the price of one. Check it out. Use the code best hour for 10% off. All right. I'm here with Adam Tarr. Last time you were on representing CrossFit Northport, we were talking a lot about best practices, contracts, all the um, details and nuances of owning a box that no one wants to deal with, Adam. That's what you've kind of become infamous for. Right, absolutely. Kind of shaking up the game uh, a little bit, as, as I often do at the local level. Um, but yeah, so and it's been quite the whirlwind uh, since we've last talked. That, that is true. But what, what I've learned about you over the last, especially last few days, is you are a perfect representative of how you do one thing is how you do anything. Because we're here, we're here today to talk about the carnivore diet. And, and let's just put it out there. Neither one of us are experts, neither one of us are doctors, RDs, anything other than experimenters. But some you, you found out that I was experimenting with carnivore, and we can talk a little bit about that. And then I've asked you many questions, and it's very black and white. There's little gray in Adam Tarr's life. 
Is that, <laughs> have you been told that before? I have been told that before. Um, you know, it's, I'm a rule follower. And when I commit to something, I like to commit, right? If, there, if rules were meant to be broken, there wouldn't be rules, right? At least in my, my point of view. So I'm, I'm pretty black and white. I do have compassion. I'm not a robot, right? So I definitely have the feels. I was actually just listening to uh, one of your podcasts. I think it was about giving away uh, free memberships, right? Um, and I think that's awesome. I have never personally done it, but I can definitely see why you would have done it. But we also know the financial uh, issues that arise with that as well. If you let too many feels come into it, right? One of my favorite quotes from Seinfeld is Kramer says he, after holding someone really strictly to golf rules, he said, without rules, there'd be chaos. And right. you know, and that, and that was always resonated with me, but it's funny because you and I are very opposite, but I really enjoy talking to you. I've really gotten to know you over maybe, what was your level two, a year ago? Yeah, about a year ago, I think. And then your wife came through. She did a great job as well. And you know, over, you know, we've just kind of stayed in, what do you call it, minor contact over the last year. Right. So what was the last rule you remember breaking? Um, oh, well, I definitely break rules, but you know, I don't like to break my own rules really. Like when it comes to nutrition, <laughs> right? Nutrition is something that you shouldn't, you're either committed or you're not. If you half step, that's often what I see is when your clients struggle and then they go into a binge and then it's just a vicious cycle, right? So I'm, I'm not a big believer in that. And that kind of goes with the gym too, right? You skip one day, then it's really easy to skip another, which I've been guilty of, you know, as of lately. Um, so it's like one of those, you know, cycles that I don't want to break. But the last rule I break, I speed every single day. So I definitely, definitely break rules. Just the rules I, I guess I pick and choose to break, if you will. Yeah, I was going to say, so it's not that all rules are meant to be abided by. It's that you'd, you have almost rules about rules in your head. Right. So what is it about speeding that you think, hey, this is one of those rules? Like, and hopefully there's no... Uh, you know, Northport police officers listening to this uh, podcast, but you know, what is it about speed limits that is different to you than say nutrition? That's a good question. So, you know, um, there's a leniency as, as you know, from previously living in Florida, you can easily go 80 miles an hour with, with on the interstate, right? Easily um, without cops even pulling you over. It's almost like, you know, it's accepted. It's, it's allowed. Right, it's an unwritten rule that you're not going to get pulled over. Usually, doing 80 on 75. Yeah, my 75. my stepfather. I remember I was driving to college. You know, so this is 20 years ago, and he was he kind of taught me a life lesson there. He's like, hey, I think it was like maybe 55 on the Taconic at the time in upstate New York, and he was like, you can go 64. And that's kind of always been my rule. Like I've always been a nine mile an hour over the limit guy. Right. You know, funny thing is, is my dad, he actually got pulled over for going too slow, if you can believe that. <laughs> oh, I yeah. can believe that. Is he, does he live in Florida? He does, but he's, you know, he's not that old. You know, he still, he still works. You know, he's a doctor. He does all that stuff. So, I mean, he just goes slow, I guess. I don't know. But oh, I thought, he's hey, a, how do you get he's, pulled over for that, you know? He's a doctor. What kind of doctor? Uh, he's a rheumatologist and allergist. All coming together, all making sense, Adam. Well, so here's the thing. I get in week daily debates with my parents in a lot of healthcare stuff. Um, you know, but so. just the idea of who you are, the rules. Go. Can you do me a favor? Can you lay down? Is there a couch in your house? Can you go lay down on it? <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna break this down. Quick. <laughs> we're gonna break this down. Okay, so so let's cut to the chase. You probably saw something on. I think you saw something. I don't think I reached out about it because I didn't know you were. Yeah, that's right. Because right. um, I remember your CrossFit Northport Instagram commented on my post. And I was like, is this Adam? Because I knew your wife also. Or sometimes box owners have other people representing their Instagram. I was like, hey, is this Adam? We started texting. So let, let's give the backstory. I've been talking about doing carnivore for probably at least since January, which is, I believe, kind of known as carnivore month you know, who knows, like all things are kind of made up. There's a holiday every day these days, but, but, but January based on uh, what's the doctor's name? Um, what is his name? I, I told it to you in a text. So now I can't Was it remember. Sean Baker. Is that the doctor? Sean Baker, Dr. Sean Baker. That's right. right. So he kind of created world carnivore month and it was January big fan of Joe Rogan. He was doing it. And then Mark Bell, who I was lucky enough to talk to a few months ago, he got really into it. Was probably spread the word more so than Sean Baker who wrote the book on it. 
So, you know, I'm sitting at breakfast with my wife. This is last Tuesday. So this is like 10 days ago and talking about it. And she's like, stop talking about it. Just start, which is typically, you know, how Roz motivates me. And I'm like, but I got peanut butter, but I got these meals, but I, you know, like I have all the excuses. And she's like, they'll be good. Like, and I was like, yeah, I guess peanut butter won't go bad in seven days, which is what I committed to. Of course, it's been nine or 10. So because of you, because of a handful of other people, like, hey, you got to go 30. At an absolute minimum, you have to do 30. So I'm committing to 30, partly because I feel good, but I have a lot of, you know, this, this episode is for the listeners, but also selfishly for me. So I call you up. I'm in King Supers here in Colorado, and I'm asking you, like, all these questions. So let's, let's, let's start here, Adam. If, if I said to you, explain carnivore for the listeners, how would you do it? It's easy. Just kind of the way that you'd go out and find it in the wild, right? So nothing processed, really nothing that's been contaminated in vegetables, meat, and animal fat only, as it is, right? Now, salt, like sea salt is permitted, um, maybe even pepper. Now, this is obviously the extreme kind of method of carnivore. There are some people who do, as you say, dirty carnivore, right? Um, that obviously I'm not a big advocate of, but, you know, there still is that out there. So it's simply, you know, any kind of meat you can find. That's really what it is. And the more fat, the better, right? Fat is fuel. Fat helps with brain, your uh, brain activity, right? It gives, you it gives you energy for the brain. So it's just a great overall thing, in my opinion. But it all ultimately comes down to animal meat products only, not dairy. So that, that's where there's, I wouldn't say confusion, because I think you said it, and then my buddy James, co-author of my book, and he did the audio book with me, he does carnivore often as well, and he's the one that kind of has run the gamut of, like, there's strict, you know, I think it was him that kind of uh, said it's like, there's, there's zone, there's zone paleo, there's, you yeah. know, zone with double the fat, and it's, it's the same with any diet. You, though, happen to be someone who's, like, to the extreme, meat, so... Process, you mentioned process. So you wouldn't have like a salami or a hot dog? So that's a good question. And so I'm very particular, right? Because you and I talked, um, anytime you see a, a carbohydrate in something, good chances are that's coming from sugar, right? Or some sort of sugar, um, you know, component, right? So I read the ingredients and it's like with any nutrition that we do, it's always important to read our labels, right? But especially when it comes to like carnivore because if you're really trying to stay carb free now granted there is some carbohydrates within animal tissue but nine times out of ten when you're buying something that's man-made it's coming from some sort of sugar right so um yeah if there's the word sugar in it even if it lists zero grams of carbs i won't buy it right um now there is some times where i'll buy some things with added seasoning like maybe garlic or something like that that's not strict carnivore um but if there isn't those added carbohydrates in terms of sugars and sweeteners and you'll find that a lot, like jerkies are loaded with, you know, different types of sweeteners, whether it's, um, you know, just a natural sugar or they're, they're using like stevia, right? I try to avoid all of that. Well, and there's, there's definitely, there's the jerkies out there that like taste delicious, like teriyaki flavored, equal mm -hmm. carb to protein. Those are clearly, you know, heavily dosed in sugar. But, you know, when I was at the grocery store talking, you know, I was like, oh, this sausage has one gram of carb. You're like, throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> and there was no sugar. It was like potato starch or gelatin. Well, that's like, it right there, the potato starch, right? So with carnivore, because you've kind of taken it, you're very um, distinct in that it's meat only, but you're also very distinct in it's as close to zero carbs as possible. So what's more important is it only about eating meat or is it about getting zero grams of carbohydrates so that's a good question and i think it's really relative to what your goals are with carnivore right i'm looking to completely and i think i've achieved that now six months in completely eliminate my inflammation right any inflammation in my body that is my goal is to eliminate all of it um, and there's debates out there that say vegetables with the histamines and fruits with the histamines they give off cause inflammation in the body. And, you know, it makes sense. That's if you talk to allergists, there's plenty of people allergic to different uh, vegetables and nuts and things like that because of those histamines, those, those uh, things that protect the plants, right? So 
in my case, um, you know, I really try to avoid all the vegetables, which is considered a carb. It may be low carbohydrates, but it's still carbohydrates. Um, but for somebody who's new to this, you know, I think it depends on what their goals are. First off, I think we need to put it right off the bat that carnivore, in my opinion, is not something that I would recommend for the beginner to nutrition. It's pretty advanced. And if you're, you know, used to carb loading, if you're used to standard American diet, this is not something you want to jump right into. Um, I would highly recommend keto first to slowly allow your body to kind of reduce those carbs, maybe clean it up a little bit, right? Maybe even start with a paleo option first, start with the basics. Um, but yeah, so it depends on your goals. You know, if, if you're really trying to get lean and decrease inflammation, eliminating those carbohydrates is going to be, in my opinion, the best thing to do. So but by eliminating these carbohydrates, are you, do you ever check your body for ketones to see if you're in ketosis? I don't. And I know some people do that and are pretty religious about it, but there's absolutely no way that I'm not in ketosis, right? Because I literally only eat protein and fat. Now it can be argued that eating too much protein is then, you know, converted into sugar. Right. Um, but my ratios and, you know, this is where I take you to an extreme again. I don't just eat when I'm hungry kind of deal. I track macros with carnivore. Right. So I'm a little bit more kind of particular about it. So I have so, my, go ahead. I was going to ask if someone, because I've been tracking what I eat, mm. just as more so from a caloric perspective, because I would assume even if you're eating carnivore, you can eat too much. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I was trying to, okay, I knew what I was, I knew how many calories I was eating prior. I'm eating within about two to 300 of those every day, oftentimes more, to be honest. But right. what would you say is an ideal macro breakdown? So I, I can tell you that what I personally do in terms of my macros and I have about 70% fat 70% of my macros is going to be fat now in terms of gauging your calories that you know there's a lot that obviously goes into that um, I have an in-body scale at my facility which is nice I kind of have the upper hand versus most people who do carnivore um, you know I have this $10,000 machine that can basically give me my basal metabolic rate and show me any changes right so I do monthly weigh-ins just so I can gauge where I'm at, make any micro adjustments, and then boom, reweigh. But your base metabolic rate, so that resting caloric kind of burning rate, that's kind of your starting point. And then you kind of add in your daily activity from there. So um, that would be the best way to kind of calculate your calories moving forward. I have, so I don't work out every day, right? I work out three days a week. Um, and so what I do is I have workout day numbers and then non-workout day numbers. And then I have those macros broken down into a 70, 70% fat with the rest being protein personally. So what are your calories on your training days? So I'm over 3000 calories uh, a day on my training days. And then I cut it by about 500. So here's how particular I am. I wear a, a my zone every single workout so I can track on average how many calories I'm burning in it while I'm working out. Right. And now obviously there's some variance there, but it's more accurate than this Apple watch I have on my wrist, right? With all the sensors that it has across your chest. And then on my off days, I'll use my watch to kind of just gauge how many calories I'm burning coaching. Right. Um, so on my coaching days, I'm, I'm burning about uh, 600 less calories than I do on my workout days. So I will subtract 600 from that for my non-workout days. Which is also something listeners should be, um, picking up on like, Hey, just cause you work out like 600 calories, isn't a ton, right? right? Some people are like, I trained today. I can eat 11,000 calories. It's like you did an eight minute workout. So <laughs> what, why do you, why do you limit yourself to training three times a week? I know you guys run a tight ship over at Northport. Is it, is right. it just cause, and you got like three, you have three kids, right? I have three kids. I'm, I'm getting old, right? I'm 32 now. Oh, um, I'm 10 years <laughs> older than you, Adam. It doesn't get any better. Let me tell you. Yeah. So, well, you're about to find out what new dad life is like and what dad life is and how they just suck the energy away from you. I mean, uh, I love, I wouldn't trade me every day. Yeah. So it's, it's no joke, but, um, you know, I trained for many years, uh, two hours a day and I was, I was an athlete, you know, I was no games athlete, but I trained hardcore. I think that did some damage on my body, not only just, uh, mentally, but definitely physically, definitely on carnivore and even keto that's kind of gone away all of those issues that I had from training um but I work out three days a week because one I don't have the energy you know I don't get enough sleep which is an important component of nutrition and training right um so I get I'm maybe lucky to get five five and a half hours of sleep a night and that's what I've been running on for the last seven years so 
you know, that kind of catches up with you. You're constantly sleep deprived and you and I both know it's not nearly enough sleep. So I do what I can and I have a massive hernia that I got from wearing a weightlifting belt two years ago. So that kind of limits, you know, what I do. I have to listen to my body and know when I need to stop and when I need, when I can keep going, you know, so it's a lot has changed over the years. <laughs> I, I, I can feel for you there. And something you said to me in our text the other day, I said, Hey, can I get pork rinds? You're like, Oh, I mashed those up and put them on chicken for my kids. And that was like, Oh man, this fatherhood thing is about to, you know, throw me for a loop. I'm like, Adam's sitting there making fried chicken for his kids. I don't even make it, you know, I have to ask Roz to make it for me. So yeah, like, man. Oh, this is, this is going to be interesting. So we have, what we have to start them young, you know, I never grew up and I'm sure you didn't knowing what proper nutrition was. Oh, I knew, you know, fat free is okay. And everything else is, you know, yeah. Eat, eat whatever you want. Just keep the fat low. That's what I had unlimited snack little cookies in the nineties. Oh yeah. Yeah. My, my parents were physicians and they didn't know, you know, so, so what, what, it, you know, this is kind of off topic, but I'm just trying to, again, I'm asking you questions cause I want to know, and hopefully that, you know, entertains and educates the listeners. What are your three days of training look like? Um, so it's, it's your typical kind of CrossFit layout. So I start off with a good little warm up, Then I go into some weightlifting that weightlifting. It could be like yesterday I worked five sets of, um, front squats from the floor by uh, seven, right? And then from there, I went into a Metcon. The Metcon yesterday was pretty brutal. It was uh, four, it was uh, every two minutes for 12 minutes, you're doing a 200 meter run, then you're coming back and doing as many cleans as you can do at 185 with the remainder of your time, right? So full cleans, not not the power cleans. I don't use the word squat clean. I don't believe in that word. Um, hey, but yeah, if, that's a if you're an OG CrossFitter, <laughs> yeah. If you're an OG CrossFitter, clean is a clean, right? Right, exactly. Um, so yeah, so then uh, I'll, that was my kind of day yesterday, right? And so what I always try to tell my clients is as long as your intensity is staying high, that is the biggest component. Because if you're going to the gym five days a week and you're giving it 50% effort, it's still 50% effort. You know, so intensity is a huge component. And that goes right in line with what we do, you know, in CrossFit for training. Do you do that programming? Do you create that programming? Uh, so I used to, uh, recently I've been uh, following some NC fit stuff with Kalipa. I've been doing some of his competitive stuff. Um, and so for the gym, yeah, I'll do, I'll create stuff for the gym. Um, usually I'll hop in, like if I'm feeling really beat up and not to say I'm an elite level athlete, um, I'll do one of the class workouts, right? Um, we, we, I program for a general kind of population clientele. Um, I don't have a lot of athletes at my gym, right? We still do a lot of Olympic weightlifting. But um, yeah, when it comes to me, usually I'll do something different. Sometimes I'll do the class stuff. It depends. Yeah, and see if it's good. The box down the road here that I'm going to start training at, coaching at Ralston Creek CrossFit, they, they use NT Fit. And then my buddies at North Naples CrossFit, they were using it. Big proponent of it. Check it out, of course. Um, I do think if you're a, a box owner, you need to look at the programming every day. I think Kalipa yeah. or MDV, whoever's doing the programming, often tries to cram a lot into an hour. So just right. be aware of that. So, so let's go. I will say though, just to kind of interrupt you for a second, the NC fit, you know, it's a great way for coaches to manage their time because often coaches don't know how to manage time. And as you know, classes go on, uh, go over or they're all over the place. Right. So I really like how they lay out their program. I think in terms of, you know, a program for affiliates to buy, and this is not a plug. I don't, I don't know Jason Kalipa, right. This isn't a plug for Jason Kalipa, just from the consumer perspective, you know, they put a lot of detail in for the gym owner to lay out a perfect class, you know, now I have noticed some things that I, I want to change and adapt, you know, due to my clients, or maybe I think it might be a little too much because again, you know, he has a different population. Callie's got some fire breathers out there much more so than in Northport, Florida. Right. So, you know, I think as coaches and as gym owners, we have to be able to analyze program and say, is this the right fit for our clients every single day? Right. Yeah, Northport's got people driving under the speed limit, you know, Cali. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, no, you live in Naples, you know how it is. I, yeah, man, around, uh, what, October, the snowbirds start coming down, and right. yeah, the roads slow down. Yeah, we're actually having MDV on, uh, I think, next week, and he is, a, if not more um, invested in the NC Fit program than Kalipa is at this point. But yeah, so we'll talk, we'll certainly talk about that with him. Let's go back to carnivore a little bit. Talk to me about cheese because everything I've done to research carnivore talks cheese is okay. I'll reach out to you. I'm like, okay, I got this. I can have cheddar cheese every night. You're like, no, no, no. Slow down. As right. my buddy Austin would say, pump the brakes. What, um, why no cheese if, if cheese is, is technically from animals? 
So yeah, let's, let's kind of specify that a little bit, right? So hard cheeses, right? A um, little bit different. Why exactly? I'm not 100% sure. I'm, I'm willing to bet it's probably the amount of carbohydrates in the softer cheese. Um, I don't know, right? So listeners, I'm, you know, I'm not 100% positive on that. But um, soft cheese, uh, you know, with the harder cheeses, that's what they recommend. So why do I say no cheese, right? We know that there's a natural forming sugar in, in dairy called lactose, right? Lactose is a sugar. I am a cheese addict. So if I were Same to go- here. Right. So it's life. Cheese is life um, to an extent. And, it, you know, it can be over, overdone really easily. And it took me personally six months or four months, sorry, four months to get over my sugar cravings. Right. And the only way I could really kind of do that is by eliminating everything. And, and cheese and dairy is sweet. So there's that component of it. Right. It's very high in carbohydrates, even though it might not be listed as carbs on the label, knowing the makeup of dairy, we know that it is going to, you know, throw you out of ketosis after X amounts, just from sugar levels, right? Um, and then the other hand, I don't personally like dairy just because, you know, the hormones within the milk itself, right? Our bodies were not designed to really take in animal milk. We, there could be a debate saying that, you know, we really shouldn't consume milk from other animals because those hormones don't really go in line with our body, which then and could in turn create inflammation, right? You know, dairy often causes inflammation with a lot of people. Um, you know, I often tell people, and this is kind of gross, but it would be the perfect alternative for us, breast milk, right? You know, there's, if we had breast milk cheese and animal dairy, or sorry, human dairy products, that is something our body could easily tolerate, you know, and in my opinion, and it's a weird so way you're to saying in about six or seven months for me, <laughs> I need to just move over, baby. It's my turn. That's right, man. And I, hey, I tried my wife's breast milk. You're not a dad unless you try some some human breast milk from your wife. I definitely, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Ross is talking. I see her Googling stuff about the placenta. She wants to eat that thing. So, yeah. <laughs> well, or at least she's like, we're either going to eat it or make art out of it. I'm like, all right. Whatever. Capsules. A lot of people capsulize yeah, that. Yeah, capsule. That's what she was talking about. Yeah, doing capsules, not necessarily eating it. So, all right, so let me get this straight because you're kind of my guru when it comes to this stuff. Like, I'm really listening to what you're saying because I would have had cheese last week. Right. Because you're, you know, you talked about sweets and, and I agree with you in some senses that carnivore is like next level. But at the same time, I almost think it's easier because mm -hmm. it is so black and white. It's, it's, it's one of those like simple and execution, hard and, or however that expression goes. Because it's like, if you're on a diet, it's like, ah, this is great. Should I have some? Can I have a little? Is it going to trigger me? Where it's right. like, hey, is it meat? No. It's like one of those flow charts. Is it meat? Don't eat it. Right? right. So. Yeah. I mean, know. I agree. I agree with you in, in terms of that sense of being black and white, but you also apologize for the dogs in the background. You also have to realize that, you know, you are no stranger to diets, right? You are no stranger to making big changes. And this change may have been easier than many other changes you've made, you know, throughout your career. Right. When you're talking about the person coming from a standard American diet, they're used to drinking pop or, well, I don't know what you call it. We call it pop from Pittsburgh. Wait, from the Midwest over there? Oh, no, you're from, from Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so soda pop. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, 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 pop. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's another uh, podcast. We'll talk about the, the debate there. But anyway, so yeah, if you're used to sugary items and processed foods, carnivore. He's going to put you through a major, major detox where you probably won't even make it through two weeks, right? Yeah, I never, I got to be honest, I never felt that. I think, like you said, part of it is just because when I make that switch mentally, you know, the only thing I crave is some peanut butter at night because it was kind of my go-to lately on the couch. Like, and I had slowly shifted from a, you know, like you mentioned to me, like I was eating upwards of 300 grams of carbs and I'd slowly shifted to lower carb, higher fat. And this was kind of just that full-blown transition. Right. Um, and and I, I find the nice thing about carnivore is when I do need a snack at night, you can always eat more. I feel less guilty about eating more, even though I should be tracking my food like to the macro like you are. I still have an idea. Of, I figure going over by 100 calories of meat on carnivore is better than the alternative of blowing it. Right. And it can be argued your body's burning more calories from eating high amounts of protein than it is at, with a carbohydrate. Your body has to work harder to break down and process those nutrients than it does versus pure carbs. So 
give me your final verdict on cheese. Thumbs up, thumbs down. What do you think? I mean, I know you don't do it, but if someone were listening and saying, I'm interested in trying this. I would say if cheese is what you need to make it through to those first, you know, maybe month, then yeah, I would say go ahead and, and do the cheese. But I would work towards eventually eliminating cheese because carnivore or not, there is research to show that dairy causes inflammation, right? Regardless of if you're lactose intolerant or not. So I, I would say work to eliminate that. And many people who start carnivore, and I'm in a lot of carnivore groups, and some of these people have been doing carnivore for 30 years. You know, that's a, that's a long time. And so, you know, they did it as a way of, you know, they were uh, just constantly in pain. Uh, their physical health was just terrible. And they just made the switch re regardless of what their cardiologist recommended to them. Right. And, uh, you know, it's, it's often that, you know, people look at me crazy when I say, oh, I'm just eating all this meat. Like, oh, you're gonna have a heart attack, you know. Um, but so I would say as a starting point, yeah, cheese, cheese would be acceptable if you're trying to ease into it. But I would say even before that, if you're like brand new to this and you know you're a carb addict, which many, many Americans are, start with a keto-based approach first, which is going to be a little bit of tolerance for carbs, right? A little carbs built in there. And when you say that, would you say if someone is, is listening and going that keto route first, have some of the, the keto treats? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good alternative. So, you know, um, like I told you, I, I had a sugar craving, like it took me a long time to get rid of it. And I'm somebody who hasn't had any refined sugar in over 10 years, right? None of that. Um, so, but what no I No treats, like you haven't had a cookie, a bowl of cereal, nothing? So I like honey, right? But not right. refined sugar. So yeah, I've definitely had that, but no cereal, none of that, man. I, I told you, I like to commit. If I'm going to do something, I commit. And I've really uh, tried all these different, you know, lifestyles because my clients, you know, I, before I recommend something to my client, I think it's important for me to take myself through the journey to make it more relatable. I think that makes us better coaches, right? Because how can I, it's like a doctor recommending you to make a nutrition change or to stop smoking, but they go and eat McDonald's and smoke cigarettes every day, right? We so, see that. We see that a lot. So you have to practice what you preach. So that's, that's why I started it initially. So for the record, my goal this Saturday, or my plan, I should say, is to make a uh, carnivore pizza. I'm going to ground up some chicken. I'm going to use some hard cheese in there, but I'm going to keep it to a minimum. And I'm, I'm treating cheese more like a quote-unquote cheat meal versus, because right. like you, if I start allowing myself to eat cheese, it would escalate quickly. I would eat a block of cheese a day. I easily. used to wheel of three. A wheel of brie, uh, you know, within two days. <laughs> so I'm yeah. with you. So I don't want to. I don't want to go off the rails there. Now, you know, knowing your parents are doctors, and you've talked, you mentioned doctors, and and I believe you're going to connect me with um, a doctor as well that's been doing this for a long time. What are the results you're seeing? Should should people that are listening that are considering this consult with the doctor? Which, of course, let's throw it out there. We recommend that if you're changing your diet. But are you know? Are the people that are saying, hey, you're going to die of a heart attack eating this way off or are they, is there some truth there? What's your opinion on all of that? So like you said, we can't give medical advice, right? This is not medical advice and I'm not a physician, but, you know, oftentimes physicians don't continue thorough research and very little physicians are trained in nutrition and the nutrition they are trained in is kind of backed by some of these conglomerates that you and I both know um, that kind of create this education, right? So, um, you know, I would say often question every doctor, right? And find the doctor that, you know, continues to research like the, the physician I told you about, you know, he's the one who told me about keto and he asked me what my thoughts were, or not keto, sorry, carnivore. And he asked me what my thoughts were. And, and you know, I, I, I was like, well, you know, I've never done it before. So I started researching it, really digging in. And that's when I decided I was going to do it. So what? definitely, what's that? I was going to say, I thought you were done there. But my question was going to be, what, what tests have you done and what results have you seen for yourself? So I already mentioned how I, I truly feel all of my inflammation within my body is gone. No, but, And that's subjective, right? Like you are... Uh, there's you haven't done a test or anything for that no but that would be a very hard kind of test to do and a lot of variables into play with that right um but so yeah in, in terms of the way my joints feel complete like pain-free 100 pain-free you know i have um a patellar tendon tear it's tear it's torn about 80 percent 
and I had a lot of knee pain um, for a long time, and it really didn't stop going away until I went full carnivore. It got better with keto, um, and keep in mind, before even keto, I ate 100% paleo, right? So, you know, I followed all the steps. I've, I've done everything. And so since then, like I have no joint pains, my foot and, you know, from coaching for hours upon hours a day, your feet really start to kill you. That pain kind of went away. Now I still look forward to sitting down at the end of the day, but um, yeah, you know, it's that pain's gone. The foot pain I had was gone. So um, inflammation is a big component. Um, I would say in terms of how lean I've gotten is extremely lean. And um, in terms of my muscle mass, I've retained muscle mass. I may have lost a little bit, but a majority of it has been a, a fat mass loss more than anything. And you're also only training three days a week. We should throw right. out there, right? So to maintain that muscle with less training. Tell me about this, about weight loss. Because I was talking to my buddy James and, you know, I'm about, call it one, in the low 140s. And at first my weight dropped. Now it's kind of plateauing. I was 143.4 today. I was expecting to be lean and shredded on this. Yeah, you got you some time, buddy. So you've only been in, what, a week now? It's been, today's Thursday, so whatever that is from last two, like nine or 10 days. Okay, so yeah, so almost but perfectly, with, I've, had some, I've had some salami and, you know, a few things that you say are processed. I'm not being quite as crazy as, as you are with it, right. but, but no non-animal product, no dairy, et cetera. Right. So, you know, carbohydrates, your body retains water, right? It takes a while for your body to switch up the way it's processing carbohydrates to now fat and protein only. And that's why I told you, man, you got it. You have to do longer than a week. You have to, you have to. I listen, I listen, look at me. I'm nine days, two days longer than a week already. That's good. That's good. And, and I think a month is not even enough time, right? So it can be argued that it takes up to four to six months just for your body to start switching its conversion process and how it utilizes the fuel you're giving it right because how many years have you been eating you know uh what did you do paleo kind of dirty paleo? i mean i've been having carbs for 42 years okay well so that's a big in one way or in one way or another right whether it was when i was right. paleo or or macros yes right so so that's, that's what a buddy, major adjustments but no my buddy james kind of said he's like how you feeling i'm like you know the 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 only injury I have that, that wears on me is, you know, and, and I laugh about it is my big toe, right? It's got just crazy arthritis in it. It's, it's ready for surgery. So I did a fast in June to see if I could heal it up a little bit. It worked, but man, my toe feels great. I mean, I, I, it's still bone on bone. Like I, I don't have, I haven't gained flexion, but it's, it's certainly way less pain than it was. So I, I can 100% feel a difference there. I don't feel... I feel very energized throughout the day as well. Like people need to be able to distinguish that. I don't feel like I've had shots of espresso all day long, but I also never feel like I need to take a nap. You know, right. it's sustained energy. Um, so, and he, and he kind of said to me, you're going to see those first and then the leanness will come. And, and again, I'm relatively lean. So I get that it's different than someone trying to lose 30, 40, 50 pounds. But I just... To me, the ultimate diet would be like, hey, I can really eat whatever I want on this thing as long as it's carnivore and I'm shredded, win-win. Yeah, and, and you really will get there, right? Um, so the reason I brought up um, the carbohydrate aspect of it is people tend to lose weight very quickly when they start this off, even if they don't track their macros. And that's because they're eliminating those carbohydrates. I don't think people realize how much water your body holds from eating large amounts of carbohydrates. So you'll, that initial weight you lose is gonna be a lot of water weight. Oh, that was the, my wife right away. She knows I, I get bloated. I, I hold it in like my love handles. And within two days, she was like, you're not bloated anymore. Right. And so, so and that, yeah, that's the beauty of that, right? And then the other kind of aspect of it is because people are so used to eating carbohydrates and then they you know get hungry a couple hours later and they often go back for more now they're eating large amounts of protein and fat so they're they're not going for that constant food all the time so it's a natural calorie deficit because now they're getting full nutrition with their foods rather than empty calories right well, well and then on top of that like you're saying for me and and this is mindset more than what the nutrition is doing to your body but nine o'clock at night when we finally kind of chill out for the, for the evening, 
that's when I would go to some peanut butter and yeah, maybe I would track it or maybe I wouldn't, or maybe it would put me over, but it's that mindset of like, well, you can't do that. So by default being on carnivore is stopping me from worser decisions, if that makes sense. Right. Now, do and you it, feel like you still need that out of just like, you know, you're hungry or is it kind of like a comfort kind of thing or a routine kind of thing? Like you're just, you know, used to doing it. It's a habit. It's a, it's a few things. One, it's a habit. Two, I live in Colorado and almost every night there's some uh, THC that happens in this household. <laughs> just for me, obviously, not for us, which, which definitely just relaxes me, which is why I do it, but also makes me a little bit hungry. And, you know, and, and then lastly, along with the relaxing, it's just my, it's just my routine, like you said. Um, it, it's improved, but that's kind of where, for me, I found an alternative. So instead of having peanut butter, instead of having cinnamon toast crunch when I was tracking macros, it's like, I'll have some pepperoni, I'll have some salami. So right. to me, the processed food is the treat food. It's like my 80, 20, I, it's certainly less than 20 even, but it's like, okay, you know, for breakfast this morning, Roz made me what we call the three amigos, three eggs, three bacon, three sausage patties mm. every day for breakfast. And I look forward to it, it's delicious. And then later in the day, it might be pulled pork that we get from Costco or some sort of steak. You know, meaning the, the meats like you're suggesting. And then the evening is a handful of the processed food. So I figure like, like I'm saying, that's better than the alternative of just snacking. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Would you, would you agree with that? Is that a fair yeah. way to look at it? Absolutely. And, and a lot of beginners, again, that are used to high amounts of carbohydrates, they're not going to have that desire to snack because they're going to almost feel over full because again, they're getting quality nutrients, right? They're not eating something and then getting really hungry like two hours later, you know? Yeah. So. And I will say since doing it, I, I, I have lunch most days, but I'm like kind of hungry, not hungry. It's more like staving off because I know if I don't do something around one, two or three, by the time seven o'clock rolls around, I'll be going crazy. So I have right. a little bit, but, but yeah, I mean, I'm full right now and it, and it will last the majority of the day there. Right. Yeah. And fasting is another component you could definitely add into that as well. You know, that's, that's become a big thing lately. And I don't think people like the OGs know that fasting that we talked about that 10 years ago, but now all of a sudden it's a giant thing. And I definitely think there's some good properties to that to incorporate with carnivore as well. Um, because you're in, and again, longer ketosis, right? So. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, we've talked about fasting. I'm a big proponent of, and I've done it for, like you said, a very long time. And it's not something I've incorporated yet with carnivore, mostly just because Roz wakes up, she's pregnant, she's hungry. We kind of chill out and have breakfast together. I would right. say if I'm going to fast, it might be between breakfast and dinner, you know, which is still a you know eight to 12 hour fast, not quite the 16 hour window that people are looking for. But you see a lot of people, the Mark Bells out there that really combine fasting and carnivore. And, right. it, and it becomes an easier way to also limit your caloric consumption because it's it's much harder to overeat meat. Yeah, people say that. I don't know, man. I, I house food. I, like last night, I had 32-ounce steak. That was like, that was my dinner. So, you know, it depends. If you're a big eater, like I love, I would much rather hold my meals. But I would say, yeah, for the beginner, you're correct. But I don't know about you. I'd much rather wait and then just have giant meals. Like I like to just oh, food. That's what I did with macros for yeah. the longest time. Like that's how I would have these massive you know, people would see me having pizza or donuts or, or cookies. And it's because, yeah, I saved up all day for that, which is good and bad, right? Especially when you're talking carbohydrates. Like yeah. you can definitely, even when you're tracking your macros, spike your insulin by saving 200 grams of carbs for, for dinner time. Right. And not every so, calorie is created equal. And that's kind of the gray area, you know? So when it comes to treats, cheats, et cetera, I obviously I know what you're going to say for you, but, but is there room for that in carnivore for someone that's not being as strict to say, okay, once a week, I'm going to have this, or, uh, you know, I'm going to have a cheat day or even just like, I'm going to, I'm on vacation. I'm going to enjoy myself. Is it how, I guess the real question is how much of a setback is it? So, and that's a really good question. And this is one I have with my clients when I'm talking about carnivore, you know, in their early stages of carnivore, cheating too soon is basically resetting the process all over again, 
right? Now, if, if it was like, say for instance, me, I'm, I'm six months, almost seven months into this. If I were to go and, and do something like that, you know, one, I'm afraid I'd get, you know, addicted to it, but I don't think it would have the same impact as somebody brand new to carnivore that's getting, trying to work on getting their body to burn carbohydrate or sorry, fat and protein as a fuel, right? So your body's working, you're throwing all this stuff at it. It's trying to figure out what to do with it because it's used to using carbohydrates as a fuel, right? So if you don't allow your body adequate time to adapt, it's kind of like you're restarting the process all over again, right? In my opinion. Um, and, and I agree with you about that. So say you're in the groove, forgetting about the mindset aspect of like, hey, if you do that, it might reopen that sugar craving, et cetera. Is it that detrimental? Assuming We're assuming you're going to have your cheat meal, your cheat day, whatever it is, and the next day you're right back on. Right. Is it really going to mess you up too bad? I, I believe, personally, I believe, and we'd have to kind of go on the science behind that, but I would believe in the beginning stages, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to throw you back. It's almost like, because, you know, most people, they have cheat meals at least once a week, sometimes twice a week. So there's only seven days in a week. And if you're cheating two of those, two out of two of those days, you're not allowing your body to fully start to convert. It's like, oh, you're just going through withdrawals every couple of days, right? If you look at it that way. So it's like, oh, your body's so accustomed to those carbohydrates, which regardless of what carbohydrate you're, you're eating, it's still breaking down into a sugar, right? So, you know, it's, it's, and obviously there's different levels of that, but you know, it's, it's like, you're not really getting away from it. You're, you're weaning your body off of it for five days and getting right back on it. And I often say it's like a drug addict, right? You're not going to go, as you're going through detox, you're not going to go do a line of Coke just one day a week instead of, you know, six right? So that's the way I look at it. And you know, that's, it's a very um, conservative approach. But I think if, if you're really trying to see the full effects of carnivore and what it can do for your life and your body, you have to stay, you know, pretty hard, at least I would say two to three months, in my opinion. So two to three months. And, you know, because it is, you know, it has to be sustainable. And while, while I do believe carnivore is one of the easier diets to succeed without in the real world even if you you know you there's that area where you might not go to wendy's and get three baconators no buns for the average person hey that's better than going off the rails like when you're out with your friends after you know maybe it's crossing party or you go to a wedding there's always meat options right, right? so so you can really make those it becomes in like i said in my opinion a little easier to make those decisions because black and white give me the meat and right. that's it it's going to save you, save you a little bit of money too, because you're not going to want to go out to restaurants anymore. I had date night with my wife last Saturday and uh, we went to uh, some steakhouse and she happened to know the owner and uh, he brought me two giant fillet pieces of filet mignon because he knew I wasn't going to get any sides. And it, I think it cost me like $170 just for myself. Right. So that's crazy. So I'd rather just go to Costco, buy a ton of meat and I eat four pounds of meat, five pounds of meat a day and just buy that and cook it myself. So you're going to save some money if you do it right. Yeah. People that eat carnivore and go out like my buddy James, he's like, when I go to Chipotle, I get four servings of meat. I'm like, well, you've taken a $7 dinner and made it $20. No, some places won't charge you more. You'd be surprised. A couple of down by me haven't charged me more. All right. Well, I got to make the trip to Florida for Chipotle then. So <laughs> What, what about supplementation? You know, people ask, you're not getting, you know, vitamin X, vitamin Y, whatever, because all you're eating is meat. Are you taking supplements? Do you agree with that? So that's a loaded question, right? I don't believe any good, I don't want to say diet, any good lifestyle should need supplementation. If you are eating properly, you should get all the nutrients from your food. I'm a big believer in that. And that's why vegans and I do not get along at all. Uh, I've converted a lot of vegans that were in my gym to, uh, you know, maybe not carnivore, but eating a lot more meat and they all feel better. Right. But anyway, that's side topic. So, um, just lost my train of thought. Run that question back one more time. Sorry. Just, <laughs> just, you know, a, what supplements are you on oh, got it. And, yeah. and B, is it necessary? Cause since starting this, I'm not taking, well, that's not entirely true. I take a handful of supplements that are just kind of leftover vitamins that I have. Like I don't plan on re-upping them after, but they've been, you know, they're like the 180 packs that I've had forever. So and I'd be willing to bet that those supplements are sourced from some sort of plant, right? So 
you know, carnivore is big on zero plants, like to really kind of get rid of all of the, again, um, those histamines the plants are giving off, that inflammation the plants are causing you, even though you may not be aware, your eyes might not puff up, but that doesn't mean there's nothing internal going on causing inflammation, right? So we talked about this before, super strict carnivore, and obviously I'm strict, but in terms of doing full carnivore, it's what they call nose to tail, right? Which is, you know, I know you talked about getting into some of that, but it's not something for me per se. So there is like other options. So it's, it's everything from eating the brain to the, the tongue. And in all of those different cuts, you're going to find all of those nutrients you need, right? Now, one that I will kind of say, you know, might be important depending on the quality of the meat you're buying would be fish oil, just in terms of those omega-6 to omega-3 ratios, right? You know, um, you and I talked grass-fed eating this, this way is just ridiculous amounts of money. So unless you're a millionaire that, you know, you can go and drop, uh, buy 10 pounds of grass-fed steak, or unless you go and buy a full cow, that's a different way to do it. Um, you know, if you're eating high grain foods in terms of the cows, it's a lot of omega-6s, right? So fish oil might be one that would be good to kind of kick in there, maybe like an SFH, um, you know, where it's just oil and no capsule, right? So it's just from the fish, right? To or, be clear, you eat fish. I don't, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't or can't. I'm just not a big fan of fish. Okay, but, but some people may be incorporating quite a bit of fish in the carnivore lifestyle. I mean, absolutely. absolutely smoked salmon or we have some salmon in the in the fridge still you you may need to supplement with fish oil but you're not saying don't eat fish i'm not yeah definitely eat fish. like if you like seafood as long as it's wild caught i'd say go for it right um so good let, let, let's give the listeners some helpful stuff as well now give me like your top five maybe maybe more staples and and best practices to do carnivore on a budget? Because I think when people hear carnivore, other than everything we've discussed, like you alluded to, it becomes, that's way too expensive for me. So what are some of the things you do to alleviate the price? I mean, you have, you're the only carnivore in your household, but you're still feeding four other mouths. You know, you're right. a box owner, um, you know, plus your dog. So what are you, what are you doing to keep costs reasonable? And, and what are your go-tos that you just like, I always have these around? Right. So um, I think the best option is to get a Costco membership. Those of you listening, there's a Costco somewhere near you. Find it. Don't go to Sam's Club. It's garbage quality meat. It's terrible. Costco's uh, great. I mean, yeah, we um, joined since moving here to Colorado. Right. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. You can find, even if you're not doing carnivore, you can find a lot of like just na all natural products, gluten-free products, um, they carry a lot of them. So the key to doing this, because you're going to be eating large amounts of meat, is going to be buying full primals, right? So I kind of have a little bit of advantage. I went to culinary school at one point in my day. And so I've learned how to kind of butcher things on my own. But watching YouTube, you can easily figure out how to break down your own meats where, you know, um, if you were to buy a ribeye and not buy the full primal of it, you're going to spend four to five dollars more a pound than you would by just buying the full cut and butchering it down yourself, cleaning it up, getting rid of the silver skin, breaking it down into smaller portions. It's really not that hard. And that is one of the best ways to save money is just by putting in a little bit of extra time. And no matter what nutrition you do, you're going to be putting time into it, right? Or you're just going to fail. It's the only way around it. So what are your, like your three or four staples that, you know, you obviously your meats, like you're buying at Costco, like your city, and obviously those also last quite, quite a while. How often do you go to Costco? Every week. Once a week, do the Costco run? I, Costco run every week. And here's why, because I go through myself about, let's see. So roughly about 20 pounds of, of meat a week for myself. Yeah, Roz is, Roz is heading over to Costco. She may have already left actually. Um, but she was going there. We had that list and it was basically eggs, bacon, um, the pork butt that we got is phenomenally thrown in the, in the crock pot. That's right, um, like I said, we're making that pizza this weekend. So she's buying that type of stuff, but it's super easy. That's what I love about it. Like you go to the supermarket and oftentimes I was overwhelmed. Like, where's the meat? Right. Cool. I'll tell you my favorite thing. This is actually from you. The party pack of chicken wings. Oof. Yeah. Chicken wings. I can live off of them. So we bought the party pack, um, you know, Roz is prepared in both times, but you know, you throw them in the oven. Throw, I, I added some Frank's Red Hot. There's zero of anything in it. I, you know, I gave it over the Adam look over before I threw it on there. And um, yeah, I have like 10 wings every day. 
and right. it's delicious. And that's the beauty of it. And you know, when it comes to cost, I mean, you could really do carnivore on eggs alone, right? Like last night, I ate 13 eggs and 15 uh, breakfast sausage. And when I tell people that, they're like, what, what did you just do? I'm like, yeah, that's what I ate, right? So when your body is only running on protein and fat, that is very easy for it to do. But that was cheap. It was a cheap meal. If I went out to yeah. a restaurant, that would have been like a $90 meal. You know? I mean, a dozen eggs, even if you're getting the best, there's like six, seven bucks. And the, right. a box of sausage patties, maybe another five. I mean, you're having a huge dinner for $13 compared to going out to that $170 meal. Right. And, you know, and it probably wasn't even that expensive if you bought the Costco eggs. And yeah, I, you know, I, I think people that use budget on any diet plan are kind of just looking for excuses because eating well is always going to be a little more expensive than eating, you know, poor quality food, but you could do any good diet on a good budget. You know, I, I must, you could easily do carnivore on $20 or less a day. Yeah. I, I think with egg, yeah. maybe like eggs, I mean, eggs are cheap. You can get uh three, what is it? Three dozen for like six bucks at Costco. Right. Yeah, I mean, and then you get a, the party pack of wings I bought, which kind of were two servings was like six bucks because it was on sale here. Right. You know, so you, you $20 may be aggressive, but you can certainly do it for a reasonable price. Um, I think that was really all the major questions I had about carnivore. Something about you though, Adam, you are so much a rule follower. Like we said, you do everything you can for your body. What's it going to take for you to get seven hours, eight hours of sleep at night? Yeah, brother. That's the million dollar question. I think uh, if you could figure that out. Um, I can figure I, it out. I know exactly what it'll take. Well, so you remember coach life and you remember owning a gym. Oh, life. That's exactly a, where I was going with it. Yeah. So here's the thing, you know, I, I love what I do. And obviously times right now, especially with the Rona going around, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely scary and it's hard. But um, I love what I do. So that's what I basically have to do is give up what I love or find some more coaches that I can depend on. And going back to our previous podcast, it's not easy to do, right? Because I want that quality to be there, that customer uh, experience to be there with every client. And I'm not going to just throw somebody in to coach my facility. I don't believe in that. And that's how you lose members, right? But you get so, up at what, four o'clock every day? Yeah, I work out at 5 a.m. Um, so I wake up at four. And then uh, I have my break kind of right now. I go till about 11 and then I have my break now. And then I go until 8.30 at night. By the time I get home, help my wife put the kids to bed, it's 9, 9.30, right? So it's like, then I still have to eat and I have to take a shower and I need to chill a little bit or I'll just have a mental breakdown if I don't have that downtime. You need to right? come so, out and visit Colorado. I'll help you chill out here. We'll get you, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll take an edible and we'll overdo the bacon. So yeah. wait, so... And, and I know we both have to kind of wrap this up, but let me ask you these questions as a box owner. You, you can either put somebody in at night. Well, you said you, you wake up to train at five. You're not coaching at five? No, we have a 6 a.m. class as our first class. Okay, so, so the days you don't train, do you sleep in till five? Till five, yeah. And then you have a 6 a.m. class Monday through Friday and you coach at? Yep. If you I got that- All my classes except- No, and I, and I remember you telling me that. If yeah. you coach- if you got somebody to cover the six, when's your next class? Uh, eight thirty. But so I usually you can sleep. Have, it could, but I have privates. So, like, we have a a fundamentals program that we make all new people go through, and every gym should. For those of you gyms listening, I charge three seventy five, and people will pay it. And if they don't pay it, guess what I do? I refer them right down the road to another CrossFit gym for them to go and and just basically train as they wish. But so yeah, I mean, demand it for those of you gym owners out there listening. And it's a great. That's a great method too. Like, okay, you don't want to pay. There's a gym. Like that shows you, like, I'm telling you, you can go there. There's got to be a reason we're charging you this much. Like you're, you're like, it's almost like a humble brag. Yeah. And so, you know, going back to my, my boy, Stu, if it wasn't for him, I never would have taken that, that stance. And I have for the last two and a half years and it's paid off. Do we lose some people? Sure. But, um, you, you gain 375 and you gain better members. I exactly. think that's really the point. And they value what you do. Right. So that's the important thing um, there. But, 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 okay, so even if this is not about this, but I just love talking about it. If you keep that at 7 a.m. and get a 6 a.m. coach, all of a sudden you can sleep till 6 o'clock. If I get a, for the 7? Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, even if you continue to do all of your on-ramps at 7, if you've right. you got a coach for the 6 a.m., you can sleep till 6 now. 
Right. So let me kind of explain to you what our town looks like. We're not a college town. We don't have a lot of young people and the, the young people that we do have around, um, I wouldn't say are the most dependable type. And just getting started with us, I make people do a minimum amount of six months for interning, right? And again, it's because people think, oh, I can get up and coach. And, you know, I have an intern right now currently who's kind of going through that process. And she's like, this is way different than I thought it was going to be. Like, because, you know, when you have that pressure up there and you have to break things down, you have to make sure people understand, you have to set up the class safely. There's a lot going on, right? And when you're a client versus being actually that person that's being stared at the whole time, it's a completely different animal, right? So I'm very particular. My interns have to work for a minimum of six months. And then I put them through a stress test, kind of like, um, I think the, what, the level four does that, right? Or is it the level three? No, level four. The level four is where you'll coach in front of other people, yeah. Right, but didn't you say when you got your level three, you had to coach in front of Glassman? Wasn't that? My level was? two, the old level two, okay. like you went through, was basically the new level four. Okay, I got you. Yeah, so um, yeah, that's basically what I do and evaluate them. And until they're ready to do that, man, I will not fill up my spot to sacrifice my name, right? Because we have a good name. Um, it's commendable, Adam. It really is. Like, I, I can't knock you for it. I just can't help but think, are you making it so difficult that you're pigeonholing yourself into this five, five and a half hours of sleep? But I also think you're doing a great job with it. So it's a, it's a, it's a gray area, which you don't enjoy. Jason, you've been on the road to countless gyms, and I'm sure you've seen coaching going on that you're just, and I don't know how many you've dropped in to actually do a workout and listen to other coaches. But man, the crap that is out there, the, you know, the stuff that they're allowing their members to do, it just blows my mind. And majority of these people don't even understand biomechanics and they're coaching how to do an Olympic lift. Blows my mind. Right? Agreed. A hundred percent agreed. I've, I've witnessed really bad coaching at level twos at dropping in, you know, around the country, et cetera. I think I would tell you there's probably a middle ground where you're not going to have what you're truly wanting out of a coach, but you're also not going to have a terrible coach either if you did a one month or through two months, et cetera. And I'm also a big proponent of at some point, you got to throw people to the fire. Right. But, Which is in our intern program. Yeah. And I, and I get it. Like it is, it is certainly location based. If you don't have a lot of young people in the area, I mean, those are the people that would do that. Those are the people that would come on for the 6am. So I get it. And you're obviously doing a really good job there. So I just want to see you sleeping a little more, Adam. You and me both, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, people can find CrossFit Northport on Instagram. And yep. you know, last time we were on, I had a lot of questions. So certainly follow up with Adam about your on-ramp, your contracts, which we spoke about extensively on the past episode. And then if you have questions on carnivore, like we kind of kicked off this show with, neither one of us are doctors, neither one of us are experts. I just, I value someone who's done it and has the experience, which, you know, as far as people that I can reach out to, you are the longest uh, tenured carnivore that I know. So I appreciate your advice. And for the listeners, this is who I'm listening to for a lot of this. I'd be I, crushing cheddar cheese if not for you. <laughs> I appreciate you having me on the show. One thing I want to add in to all those that may have listened to my last, the last podcast I was on with you, how many of you wish you had contracts after all this Rona thing? That's all I'm going to leave it with. Drop that's, a, that, <laughs> that's a great question and great timing. Yeah, I, I've spoken to many people, especially those looking to sell after this. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, we, we, I'm like, what are you selling? Your members can leave. Like, it's been proven. So, right. yeah, if you, if you want to hear more about contracts, go back and listen to the last episode we had with Adam. And I would certainly recommend incorporating that into your gym. And no one knows it better, in my opinion. Maybe Stu, but you and Stu are, I think, at the forefront of contracts when it comes to crossfit. Stu's anti-contract. Oh, is he anti-contract? Yeah, unless you're going to enforce it, which, and that's where him and I got into talking about how I enforce. But you like enforce it, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I agree with that. Like, too many people are – we do have a contract. I'm like, when was the last time you enforced it? They're like, well, we don't. I'm like, then you don't have a contract. But right. we talked about that for an hour in the last episode. Um all right. I think, I think we got a lot of questions answered, especially for myself. I feel more confident with it. Hopefully the listeners, you know, that were interested feel more confident in it. And we'll, I'm sure we'll have you back to talk more about it in the future. Great, man. Looking forward to it. All right, Adam. Thanks a lot.
get some rest and I will talk to you soon. Talk soon, man. Thanks again for listening to best hour of their day. Take a moment, head over to the Apple podcast app or Spotify or Google or whatever you use and leave us a review. It really means a lot to us and it's what allows us to spread the word. Also, Share this with your friends, your family, your coworkers. Tell everybody at the box to listen to best hour of their day and let us know what we can do to provide you a better experience. Do you have topics you want us to talk about, people you want us to interview? We are here for you, the community. We're here to give back, and we hope you've enjoyed this episode of best hour of their day.